Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Hey, hey! Hey, hey! Welcome, welcome to the... I'm not standing for this. Well, that's what's I'm happening. I'm Team WCW well, here at this side of the table. You're on the wrong podcast this week. You're on the wrong side of history. Wrong side of history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we both are. Uh, if we look down, <laughs> if we look down through the most questionable things that have ever happened in history, everything, all of the worst <laughs> things that have ever happened, Sam, you were on the wrong side of it. All by of it. siding with WCW. Well, it doesn't matter about that because this week, welcome to the Cultaholic <laughs> Classic NWO Nitro review. You damn skippy. Oh, one of many. I'm sure it'll be fine. They got their show, kinda. Oh, uh, we'll kinda. Talk. What an interesting episode we're going to get into. Uh, this is where we watch every episode of Nitro week by week as we get weaker by weaker. IB, radio <laughs> presenter without portfolio, TNA wrestling ring announcer Tom Campbell and Geordie without portfolio, joined by resident WCW kid, the Shredditor. Sam Driver. It's very tired, boy, this last couple of weeks. You've been shredded in Going to be even tired next week and even tired the week after that. But hey, Christmas is coming. Can't wait. Do you know what's funny is that yourself just... and Jack Atkins <laughs> both keep talking and alluding to a secret project. Yes. You're both working on secret projects. Yes. Neither, like, we're not, we've not spilled the beans on either of them. No, and there's, there's like a third thing that's not been announced as well, which is coming. Not I think that's on potentially New Year's Eve. <laughs> so my thing's going to be weekly through December. Oh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just oh that's not like, far away. It's a lot of, yeah, it's not far <laughs> away at all. <laughs> you need that, it's, don't it's you? It's a lot of fucking last minute like, ah! <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's looking like hopefully by about 9 p.m. tonight, a good chunk of it's going to be done. Ooh. Which means I can focus on the last bit and then, and then from there, it's just going to be a mad dash. But I've got an editing set up at home so I can sit there. I've got to be really cruel to Cooper because he wants to keep jumping up on my lap. And I'm like, buddy, I need, I need the keyboard and mouse. And, and I, can't, I don't have a desk desk, so he can't just sit in my lap. So I've, I've got to kind of keep going. All right, you're going to be five minutes. All right, heating's on, though. You've got your little plinth next to the radiator that you love, buddy. Uh, so I'm, I'm having to kind of flip between home and here and home and here and coming in on days off and staying late and doing all that shit. But it's going to be worth it. 
But just make sure you all watch it. For the love of God, please. It's two years of my life has gone into this. We will tell you when it's there so you know what to watch <laughs> and like and comment on and share and all that good stuff. But more important than all of that, Sam, we're back in 1996 once again. You're damn right we are. With the renegade master. Uh, we're back in 96 for another episode of Monday Nitro. We're deep into September mm-hmm. uh, for this one. September the 23rd, yes. 1996. Number one movie in the US is The First Wives Club. Not a fucking clue. Ah, it's an American. Is this about how marriages started? Kind of. <laughs> and, oh, and is it ends. First Wives? Uh, no, because that'd be First Ladies Club. Is it about President's Wives? No, 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 no. It's a film starring Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, and Diane Keaton as three divorcees who seek retribution on their ex-husbands for having left them for younger women. Via rocket launcher. Via <laughs> <laughs> a horrible death. <laughs> uh, with hilarious results. So yeah. it's, it's for all, here's one for all you divorcees. Um, Goldie Hawn confirmed in 2016 that Netflix were working on a sequel, although she did admit that the script wasn't working and I don't think we've seen whatever happened to Goldie Horn? She, she was, was in class. the Christmas Chronicles 2 yeah and the Christmas Chronicles 2 was poo <laughs> she, so she's not really done much since like her nah. fame her first big kind of run at the top I don't think she needs to. No, she doesn't. But it's sort of like she's she's such a good actress, right? Like sort of talent that even though you don't really need to work, I'd like to see you in more stuff. Mm, she's very good. Yeah. Independence Day is the number one movie in the UK. Still. You're damn fucking right it is. The Macarena is still number one in the States. But number one in the UK is the Fuji's Ready or Not. Nice. Uh, Which in, ties into NWO nicely. In some places, the NWO theme tune. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd be very confused as you've heard the NWO theme everywhere uh, for years now by this point on TV. Uh, but no, they're coming out to the Fuji's Ready or Not mm. on House Show Circuit because fuck you, that's why. The song itself <laughs> is from the Fuji's second album, The Score, and it contains a sample of Bodisha? which is a song by Enya. Really? Yep. So the Queen of Orinoco Flow Bodicea. is NWO. Is it Bodicea? Bodicea. That'll be it. Boudica. Boudica? Is that Boudica? No, yeah, I think it's it's alluding to the same person. Okay, Boudica. it's Boudica, Bodicea. There's like loads of ways to pronounce it. Well, Queen I... of the, the fucking Celts or the Picts. I can't remember which one. Oh. She was like queen of the tribes. She she single-handedly fought back against the Romans. It would be Boudicca then. Yeah. I feel like a silly boy. I need to listen to my history podcast more often. Mate, it's, oh mm. man, it's a good good period of history, that. Mm. When the Romans just disappear as well. Like, what happens? Where do they go? No, like, what happens to us? It all, like, history just kind of disappears for a while. Dark ages, isn't it's it? It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, it's just a whole load of shit that happens and nobody knows about. The intent could have happened there. It's like we when you think know. about like ancient Egyptians, like pe- there were people that were ancient to them. You got like the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, yes. Right? But like even then there were people that were ancient to them. And you just don't know anything about it because fucking Library of Alexandria burned down. <laughs> and it's just like there was history. That's gone. It's all, no more history. No, no more. It's gone. Bollocks. Incidentally, the first wrestling match took place in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Did it? Gilgamesh and Enkidu. Oh, you did this. You covered mm. this. Yeah, I remember. First wrestling, the first recorded wrestling match was Gilgamesh and Enkidu. Did Gilgamesh go over? Yes. Of uh, course. NWO running. Of course. <laughs> He's the Hulk Hogan of history. Ovs, ovs, ovs. In WCW this week, uh, as as is heavily alluded during this episode of Nitro, yes, the majority of the WCW roster are big in Japan this week, doing New Japan's uh, multi-day G1, G1 Climax special. 
So they get in there, Stinger. It's basically New Japan versus WCW in tournament form, uh, but it ends with New Japan versus New Japan because uh, Kensuke Sasaki beats Shiro uh, Koshinaka in the finals at Yokohama Arena on the twenty third of September. The night Nitro. But there were plenty of WCW stars competing in the tournament that didn't get too far. The most successful person in the tournament from WCW was Scott Flash Norton. Yeah, I mean, Norton's kind of uh, he he takes a lot of boxes for Japanese wrestling at the time mm. uh, and i think by this point or is it just by this point had he been in japan already because i know that eventually he's holding i don't know if it's the iwgp heavyweight title he's holding a belt and i'm sure wcw kind of fucked new japan over by putting it on a nitro without permission and having him lose it i'm sure we will cover that yeah i think that's that's coming up but i can't mm. remember if norton's already been in japan beforehand oh you might whether this was his maiden voyage possibly but either way i mean he's still such a big deal he came back uh what it's got to be like i was about to be like like last year it's got to be like four or five years ago now he came back but he came back for the new japan rambo at the start of um one of the wrestle kingdoms and got a big big response which was nice because it was like fucking get in there Norton I do love how it's like a different multiverse because Scott Norton's over there like outlasting Sting and Ric Flair NWO Sting's out there outlasting Sting (laughs) (laughs) there is that to be fair Uh, Scott Norton actually got injured during this tournament Um, I know Uh, he uh, what's Ice Train gonna do (laughs) fuck it that's their serious fuck (laughs) Uh, now, uh, Scott Norman said it was most likely he was originally booked to... Uh, Suzaki reached the finals via forfeit when Scott Norton, who he most likely was originally booked to beat in the semifinals, mm. suffered a shoulder injury in a match against Tenzan. Yes. So I'm not quite sure. But he wasn't the only person that got injured on the tour. Ric Flair, who was in the tournament, suffered a shoulder injury against the ma- in a match against Suzaki. Uh, we don't know how long we're not going to see him for. Uh, Regal stepped in to replace him in some of the matches. They were meant to have Regal defend his TV title in Japan as yeah. part of like Regal's spiffing world tour of yes, a television I title. Saying about this. Uh, but he replaced Flair teaming with Anderson as well, which was an interesting Which, to be honest, I think setup. Regal's another name that, that works in terms of his talent alone. Like, if you knew nothing about him and just let him go wild, mm. like that audience is going to be captivated by his in-ring technique. Because I mean, who the fuck isn't? <laughs> like mm. the guy, the guy is exceptionally skilled at what he does. So I, I think that's a great, like a weird but great shout for like kind of a replacement partner. Really good shout. Uh, Ric Flair, as I say, Lex Luger, Arn Anderson, Steve Regal, uh, all over there. As is Hugh Morris. Uh, out there as well. Marcus Buff Bagwell over in Japan. The entire roster's in Japan. Uh, Sting was alluded to have been in Japan, but he's not on this occasion. Sting's away. Uh, obviously, he was storyline gone because he's just well, gone, he was, fuck you lot, I'm he, out of here last yeah, week. Yeah, but he, he was also like, it was weird because WCW kind of alluded to the fact that he was going to Japan like last week or like <laughs> yeah. the week before, but then he wasn't. He was just in LA hiding. <laughs> And then decided, you know what? I'm not coming back. Fuck you. And then he came back anyway and was like, fuck you. And then he walks out again. <laughs> At some point between the first fuck you and the next fuck you, um, <laughs> Sting's been filming. And this might be when he was in Hollywood because Sting actually shot a scene during this time for Liar Liar, the movie starring Jim Carrey. Really? But it was cut from the movie. I was going to say, is it on the special features? Is I, it? You can, I, I've seen screen grabs of it, so it does exist. Fuck, I'm going to have to dig that out. Uh, Jim Carrey and his son go to a wrestling match and Sting's wrestling in it. Do you know what I really want us to do at some point? I want Ooh. us to do a live watch along of the movie about Sting's life. Oh, the, it's called The Moment of Truth. The Moment of Truth. 
That um, and the, I want to do that and the Jesse Ventura one. Then. I kind of, I, I was talking about Fraser with this a while ago. He had this idea where we'd maybe do uh, a podcast on um, film starring wrestlers. Ross and I started that during lockdown. And yeah. Then we, when the, when the world got back to normal, we stopped it. So there are, if you look on the podcast, feed, yeah. there are, there are uh, watch along soundtracks for Suburban Commando and um, the WWE main event movie they put out on Netflix. <laughs> okay. Fucking dreadful. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to go back and do... Um, oh, like no res- holes barred. Pro wrestlers versus zombies, like all the oh, schlockfest yes. wrestling films. But Sting's moment of truth is, um, bless him, I get it. It's a very compelling uh, and amazing life story he has, but the production company should be put in the Scorpion Deathlock. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the casting choices are out there, really out there. There's like a nervous reporter that seems like the role is supposed to be like a student reporter, but the guy's like in his 40s. And it just doesn't, it, it's weird. It's like, it's so weird. God, that makes me want to see it more. Than and I also want to do at some point, um, if we can do an aside once Russo jumps ship, uh, Vince Russo has a Christian wrestling promotion. Where Father James Mitchell is the devil. House of Glory. Uh, yes. And in between every match, you get reads from uh, various sermons and stuff. Mm. So like you get like there's all sorts of like Christian stuff going on in, in and around it. And then there's just wrestling. And it's like there's just this mishmash sellotape together. And it, I've only seen about 15 minutes of it. And I need to see it all. I believe one of the things they do in it is they have a caretaker. That, that appears in one of the shows and he ends up being the one guy that can stop the devil because he's I'm got the power I'm surprised they don't Christ. have just like a staffer who's a carpenter, but he just happens to be like super ripped. Uh, <laughs> and then one day James Mitchell goes too far and like shoves him. And then the carpenter kind of like looks down, a solitary tear rolling from his cheek and he looks up to the ceiling and he's like, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they've done. <laughs> Forgive and, me, Father, and then, for I will be. And, and then he just, yeah, he just like snaps an iron bar in half, and then he's just super ripped Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to smash into so many bits we could feed a whole stadium. They have him like on wires for the entire match, so he's just <laughs> levitating like, wow. That'd be amazing. Wrestling's great when it's bollocks. Yeah. It's great when it's bollocks. It is. I mean, look at Sandman getting blinded. Oh. Guy sits at home for months. ECW crowd are like, when he comes back in. And then it's all a fucking work. It's delicious. It's the best when it's stupid. The giveaway should have been when he drove to Barnard Castle. <laughs> it was just to test whether he was still blind. Tom. <laughs> I forgot, obviously. It's a straight road, to be honest. He picked the wrong road to do it. <laughs> Let's go on to Nitro for this week, shall we? What an interesting episode. It really is a Nitro oh, of two is. halves. And we're going to get into it. And hopefully, you brought your notes with you as well, you naughties. Mm. Now, as mentioned last time... Uh, Pretty much everybody from WCW is in Japan, which I think Eric Bischoff deserves to be sacked for. Why would you book a Nitro and send all your headliners to Japan? In fairness, Japan's been sending a lot of talent this way. It's time to give back a little bit. Yeah, maybe send a few our way. <laughs> Honestly, Japan. Uh, Tony Schiavone uh, reveals that the New World Order took out an ad in USA Today. That today. was cool. That was really cool. There's like just a little ad. It's like a quarter page sized ad, but it's something like when, when WCW's way NWO will play or something. It's in the program pages section of NW yeah. of the of USA Today. It says live tonight at 8 p.m., which I thought was nice. Larry 
Zabisco calls the New World Order parasites who do nothing but destroy organizations they enter. As we, as he's talking about this, we're seeing the street team are back at the front of the building. So as people are filing in, the sun's going down. People are kind of getting handed the flyers and the, the little signs. Some of them are kind of going, yeah, and there's already loads of people in NWO shirts. Uh, and some people are just kind of tearing them up immediately and getting quite angry about it. And there's this one guy, bless him. There's this one guy who's like trying to say something sincere down the camera about how he supports WCW. He's like cutting a little promo, but the entire time, Larry's just talking over him. And uh, I love it. <laughs> I've got here, we, we, we are of a high mind. I put top marks to the old boy with the Tom Selleck mustache. Going into business for himself. What he, a star. He mentions Luthez and the Four Horsemen. Yeah. And so like he's talking about the history of WCW. Famously Luthez, the leader of the Four Horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> That time Luthez fended off yeah. uh, Dusty Rhodes in the War Games cage. Who uh, do you think Mr. JL is? Come on, it's <gasps> Luthez. No, because he'd be Mr. LT then. No, it's to throw you <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, no! It Have you not noticed it? that all of his matches are like really classical in the way that it's just grab a hold and <laughs> literally grab the hold? <laughs> Leave it in there for like 10, 15 minutes. Then just start booting some guy in the face. The giveaway should have been that eight-hour leg lock he did the <laughs> other day. God bless you, Luthez. He uh, keeps talking about George Hackenschmidt. <laughs> how, he's too, how he's too sprightly for this game. Our opening contest tonight is Conan and Kevin Sullivan. I'm sorry, who? Dungeon of Doom. While the building's still cold, before it gets too warm, it's Ice Cream Conan. Oh, actually. sorry. <laughs> it's Ice Cream Conan and Kevin Sullivan 99, Blake. Yes. Uh, they take on the the hot and peppy combo of Brad Armstrong and Juventud Guerrera. Uh, during the match, we see NWO goobers walking past with signs and flyers. Yeah. Uh, we get a propaganda at the propaganda this week. Nice. Thank you very, very much. Well done, Tom. Thank you. That's me going to sleep for the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, you can't sleep. What am I going to do? Hoovy yeah, no. <laughs> uh, speeds things up. Lovely plancha. Lovely slingshot leg drop. Conan shuts him the fuck up with a package DDD. Oh. Conan is fucking brutal. Even in his pin attempts, he's like rolling through, pinning the arms, and then rolling Hoovy back over, like twisting him over himself. And it's just like, how did WWF not look at Conan and say, you're not fucking going anywhere? Like, because they, they had him lined up for Max Moon. He doesn't go on to portray Max Moon publicly. I don't think he ever appears as Max Moon. But they still just sort of let him slip through their fingers. And it's like, you had him when he was even younger at a time when you needed young talent to be as exciting as possible. You could have had him in there with like one, two, three kid. You could have had him in there in, in such a dirge in the business. You could have had such an exciting talent and you just did nothing with him. And this is sort of like, it's, it's got to be like the ultimate fuck you because Conan's just in here killing it. I feel like he wouldn't have got as lost in the shuffle <laughs> as he did in WCW initially. Yeah. As he would in the WWF, I feel like they would have spotlighted. They would have, yeah, they would have just stamped a big kind of seal of approval on him immediately. Yeah. But I think ultimately it pays off for Conan. I feel like he's able to get away with slightly more in WCW initially. Yes, uh, because they're kind of innocent. It's weird. WCW's innocence allows him to get away with doing more shit for some mm. reason because he's like, that's just how it's done, or like you know, this is just what my character would do. The more, the more and more I watch Nitro, the more I draw parallels with AEW. Yeah. In terms of the sense that there isn't... Like there's this... a big company, right? And there's another company that has its own show. There's that as well. <laughs> 
But it's more the fact that obviously people, whilst you've got someone like a Tony Khan overseeing it all, yeah. he's not really crossing the T's and dotting the I's no. in the same way that WWE do, for mm. better or for worse. So you have got guys who put their own spin on things and do yeah. things in a different way and, and spots in matches that you think, and that wouldn't really go there, but it's gone there. And it doesn't feel like there's one concrete style, which no. is something that around this time, WWF has started to cement. I mean, we see it today. WWE has a style. Talent's yes. come in from the independent scene. And even though they've been on the independence for 10, 15 years, they've still got to learn the WWE style in order to pace the matches properly for what they're looking for. But WCW just feels like it was always that kind of melting pot mm. where it was just like, get in there, there's your time, do what you need to do, get yourself over. Uh, and I think that it, it just allowed for more breathing room and a lot more diversity in the styles that you saw. So it was a more exciting product. A goulash. Yes. If you will. goulash. Uh, Conan uh, battering Brad Armstrong uh, and, and Hooventude. All the while, Kevin Sullivan doesn't want to get tagged in. Yeah, Conan keeps going over. it be like, all right, your turn. And Sullivan's like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to keep standing out here and being a Satanist. <laughs> in my Satanist pants. <laughs> I'm wearing my Satanist trousers today, I've got mama. my makeup on, mate. Like, I'm not ruining these eyebrows. Are you fucking mad? It took fucking ages. <laughs> At least 20 minutes. <laughs> I'd use a mirror. I was scared I was going to do it backwards. <laughs> Conan drops Brad Armstrong with a lovely old powerbomb, at which point Sully finally tags in and pins old Bradders. Yeah. Uh, Post-match, uh, the dungeon thanked Conan for his work by having Big Bubba jump in from behind and they all beat the shit out of him for a minute or two. And it's a bit confused. It's like, whoa, what, what's happening? Oh my God, they turned on Conan. How could they? And then it's revealed that it's not a beating. It's an initiation mm. like them, their street gangs do. That's what they do. They kick fuck out of you. They'd help you up. Which is what I mean is like, I don't know if you'd get this in the WWF. I think the innocence of WCW and Conan just go, that's just what you do. And they just go, okay. And it's like, okay, yeah. All right, sweet. Why couldn't they just ring a bell in the principal's office like Rory did in the Gilmore Girls? That's just, that's my thought on it. I uh, liked it. I thought it was cool. It was a bit confusing. Yeah, a little Not bit confusing. Not as confusing as the, one of the tag team match finishes, but it's <laughs> a little bit confusing until Conan is then just looking down the camera going, yeah, I'm Dungeon of Doom. I'm Dungeon of Doom now. I'm Dungeon of Doom. They beat me up and now I've got like, this t-shirt. Yeah, they've like tricked him into thinking they're a cool gang. <laughs> He hasn't, he hasn't he realized back, we he gets, suck yet. He gets back there and then the Yeti is just in their dressing room and he's like, hold on, what the fuck's this? <laughs> like, yeah. hold on. You told me you guys were cool. Like, don't, this is. Don't tell Conan. I don't even want to bring the Mexican title in here. You're going to make it lame. Like, no. <laughs> but it was weird seeing Jimmy Hart just being like, this is an initiation. <laughs> like Jimmy Hart's fucking savvy on this stuff. <laughs> I recognize this kind of beating. Hogan does this to me most Wednesdays. It's fine. It he means says one day friends. he's going to have a shop and he'll let me come by sometimes to sign stuff. But until then, I've just got to keep taking it. Today is not that day. We get a recap of last week's uh, show. Uh, the NWO promising to visit this week, but only Randy Savage is here. Tanae is backstage because WCW is still negotiating a new contract with Mean Gene Oakland. So he's he's on he's basically having a fallow week from his competition. Sometimes <laughs> to allow you, his seed to sometimes grow. Sometimes you've got to yeah, you've got to just <laughs> let the seed grow. You got to cut back. You got to you know, carpal tunnels a real thing, Tom. <laughs> and no matter how much of a professional you are, is it can really, away, it can really affect his technique. <laughs> they had the big showdown, remember, last week in the rafters. Everybody thought it was snow for Glacier. 
It was him versus like the Philadelphia team, Gene and his boys. Oh, Christ. And his boys were everywhere. <laughs> uh, so Mike today is doing the honors backstage, chatting to Randy Savage, who declares himself the last hope for WCW at a Halloween Havoc. He was booked to do New Japan, but canceled mm-hmm. so he could defend WCW. I'd imagine New Japan were fucking livid. They hate it when you can't make a show. Even if you're poorly, legit poorly, they strip you of a belt for New Japan. Well, it's just taking it very seriously. It's, it's how it would happen realistically. Mm. If I'm the champion in, say, boxing, and I just keep going, you know what? Nah. You're going <laughs> to take the belt off me. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. But My you... favorite bit of this is Savage just ranting after he says, like, uh, you know, he's the last hope. He took himself off the tour. He goes on about Halloween Havoc, but he sort of finishes by just going, Halloween Havoc is very scary. Yeah. <laughs> and it stares at the camera. And it's like, what the fuck? And it also looks like he got his glasses done, but the person used the wrong stuff. So he quickly took like a pound coin and just scratched out some eye holes so he could see. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> or he mistook, it for a, he mistook it for a scratch card. And he's like, oh, how much have I won? Oh, fuck. No, shit. <laughs> These were like $200. <laughs> I hate when I'm going to take my glasses for a scratch card. As well as talking about how He wasn't wearing the glasses, so he couldn't tell it wasn't a scratch oh, card. They're prescription, Tom. <laughs> I love it. Savage is wacky He keeps glasses. grabbing the chair because he thinks it's like it's just another person that he's using as a weapon. <laughs> it's, it's completely legal. Son. <laughs> as well as talking about how scary Halloween Havoc is, Savage addresses the situation with Elizabeth mm. because she covered his back when he was getting beaten up by the NWO. Now, they're famously divorced. Mm. Ric Flair's been spending all of Macho Man's alimony money on God knows what. Uh, Lavish fruit bowls. Refurbishment for for Space Mountain, probably. Refurbishment for Space Mountain, and probably Blue Chew. Yeah. Uh, Savage says, the only thing we have in common is that in a thousand lifetimes, we might be goldfish swimming in the same water. I'm glad we cleared that up. So that's what's happening between Liz and Zach. He's getting awfully Ultimate Warrior in his mm. WCW days, isn't he? He's just getting a bit more cosmic, a bit more out there. Yeah. <laughs> he was always mad, but like, <laughs> but, but you know. <laughs> Especially bad nowadays. Yeah. It's Mike Anus in action next. He's facing Chris Jericho. Now, I've been a bit obsessed with Chris Jericho's music, mm. and I did a little bit of digging around for it. Turns out it's a real fucking song! It is! I love it! You sent me this earlier, and it blew my mind. It's called All the Days by the band Mammoth. Now, I heard Mammoth, and I immediately shit myself, because I was like, wait, Mammoth? Like, Van Halen <laughs> Mammoth? Because like before Van Halen were Van Halen, they were Mammoth, which is why Van Halen's son, or Eddie's son, Wolfgang, his band's called Mammoth W. VH because it's like a, a like a, a, an allusion to his dad's first band. But then I was like, Mammoth? Is it fucking Van Halen? But no, it's not. It's a no. different band altogether. Uh, so uh, John McCoy used to be in the band Gillen. Yes, which Ian Gillen, who's a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. Seen him live a couple of times. But when Plans. they when they split up, John McCoy recruited session drummer Vinny Tubby Reed, guitarist Big Mac Baker, and Nicky Moore to form a band called Dinosaur. However, the name was already being used by a band in California, so they went with Mammoth instead. Uh, it's a tongue-in-cheek reference as well because the fact that they're all big boys that are in the group. <laughs> they're all large, <laughs> chunky boys. They're lovely. They toured with White Snake and Marillion. I think this is... Knowing it's, what Jericho goes on to be, yeah. I can't get over how much of a lovely fit this is. Originally, when I heard that music, I went, this doesn't fit Jericho, but I like well, it. His, and now I go, I really like it because it actually does fit Jericho. Well, his, his ring name's an allusion to uh, Walls of Jericho. Jericho by Halloween, isn't it? Is that where it comes from? Yeah, I believe ah. so. 
Jericho's like a, a proper old school metalhead. Like, you know, your Skid Row era, like your proper... He, he kind of transcends the hair metal era through like a lot of really niche shit. He's got a really good taste in music. I bet he loved coming out to Mammoth. Oh, probably, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant, that. Uh, anyway, it's a bit of a backed off of a match, this is, because we're getting some NWO storytelling on commentary. We hear that uh, we're going to get Harlem Heat defending the tag titles against the Outsiders at the pay-per-view and all oh, next week and blah, 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 blah. Oh, sorry, but uh, against Public Enemy later tonight, rather. Yeah. Um, we're going to say NWO, da, 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 da. Um, They do work well together, these two. Enos is a right bastard. He chokes Jericho with a cable and He's fucking brutal. suplexes him onto the steel steps. Enos has needed this showing, though. Like, yeah. it, It's felt like he's been kind of limited by... He's been with Slater, hasn't he? Been Dick and Anus. Dick and so, Anus. Like, it feels like he's sort of limited in that showing, whereas when you let him loose, he's a bit more like Mike Awesome. He's a little yeah. bit more kind of just wild. He's a little bit more controlled, but violent. Like, I mean, this, the ring steps, he doesn't just lob them onto the ring steps. He puts them up on his side, on their side, and then proceeds to just fucking plant him across them. It's brutal. And again, this is what we talked about when we say how WCW was a melting pot because yeah. it was such an obscure, very harsh spot yeah. to have in the middle of a show just, during a yeah, non randomly just there. Yeah. I was like taken aback a bit. I was like, fucking hell. The way that like, WWE starting, do starting their business, hot. for better or for worse, like that would be a spot you'd use to close out a SmackDown. Yeah, somebody would be immediately written off with loads of officials running out and going, oh my God, what have you done to him? Mm. <laughs> and then there'll be 15 other people dragging that person back backstage while he's got, oh, I'll do it again and I'll do it again. And then next week they'll be sat down with, you know, some sort of official getting told you're suspended. And then they'll not su- not be suspended at all. They'll just pop up. <laughs> it's, I mean, copy paste, isn't it? That's essentially what yeah. is. <laughs> essentially what it is. Uh, however, uh, Jericho weathers this storm and gets a power bomb off the top rope as well and still manages mm. to weather it. Enos goes for a power slam, but, and I watched this a couple of times to get my head around this. Yep. So it's like Jericho and Enos sort of run at each other. He goes for a power slam in midair. But Jericho kind of like turns his body around him. And then I think the switch in gravity drives Enos back. And then Jericho just lands in a perfect pinning predicament, almost crossbody over him and boom. Picks it up and it's like, fucking hell, that was nice. It was really yeah. nice. It just, was... just dirty little bit of like unique offense. Liquid. Yeah. Liquid wrestling. Yeah. Nice. Jericho picking up a big dub here. They like, they like Jericho. Yeah. They he gets a good response. Like comes out. He's immediately like throwing himself back into the fans and they're all like, yeah. Well done. You beat yeah. Anus. You, you, you've puckered anus you for another day. anus bloody. <laughs> oh, if you have a He's bloody anus, bruised. please go see your GP. <laughs> Yeah, um, don't fuck about with that. No, do not fuck about with that. Uh, we take a break, and when we come back... Fuck, is that... Goldberg's music's playing. And I'm like, what the... We're like a year away yet. There's no... I'm sure Goldberg's back end of 97. Like I'm like sat there going, what the fuck? Is this just production music they're using for like an advert or something? Like what's coming? Uh, it's not what you're expecting. It is. Uh, the song Invasion, I think the song is called. It is stock music from Turner and WCW. But it belongs this week to Pat Tanaka. <laughs> Which <laughs> was so not what random. I was expecting. Out he fucking walks. And I was like, all right, Pat Tanaka, big Pat Bird. Here <laughs> Pat we go. Pat Bird. <laughs> that rhymes with Fatberg. <laughs> Poor Pat Burke. 
<laughs> He's had a time of it as Pat Berg. So it's Pat Tanaka. I was just blown away by the. Obviously, they, you know, I put it online and people went, "Well, yeah, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a track that's uh, that they gave to God, Goldberg. Tom. It's been used like, on TV adverts before. Know, but it's just... you clearly aren't a wrestling fan because otherwise you'd know that that really weird fact. Tom. What happened? Why can't you... people just have pangs Tom? of excitement? Tom. Tom. Yes. Tom. Yes. Tom. Yes. You clearly don't like wrestling. I've been told that. <laughs> so I've been told. I'm sorry, everybody. I feel like I've let you down by bringing me in. Yeah. <laughs> clearly a non-wrestling fan. <laughs> I had a guy come up to me. A guy. I had some fucking like sweaty little teenager come up to me in Cardiff. <laughs> Guy, um, a dickhead. No, uh, I had some like sweaty little teenager quote to me in Cardiff, uh, and he was like, "You caught Hollip ruined wrestling," and I just got like, "Cheers, mate." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> didn't he say we set it, we set the industry back? Yeah, some shit like that. I'm... But I was just like, "What? Like, what do you expect me to get angry? Like, fuck you." I'd love uh, to see him again. <laughs> it's hilarious. If you say to me, "Cold Hollip set the industry back," I go, "Mate, I booked all in." It was just like, "Cheers." <laughs> like, it's. <laughs> But yeah, no, you can't enjoy anything anymore, man. Imagine being... Imagine... It's the same across everything, though. If you like, if there's an album coming out you like and you post about it, you can't like it. No. You don't have a good taste in music. Or like, if there's a film coming out you're excited about. it's We're just regressing back to the hateful, hateful days of the 70s. It's hate or apathy. Those are the two yeah. that you're allowed now. But imagine, imagine though. I mean, I mean, this is the thing, right? This is what I took away from that little interaction when you had, when someone said, yeah. "Oh, you can't like ruin wrestling." <laughs> imagine somebody believing that you and I are so powerful. That we could ruin wrestling. I said, I don't. Imagine that. <laughs> Someone thinks we are so powerful I'm that we just... can ruin a sport that's been established for thousands of years. I'm just a lucky, lucky person Fuck that yeah. I get to to do what I do. To be honest. I love the fact that someone thinks we're strong enough a force I don't think to they, ruin I think, it. I think it was more the content. I think they just Stand they just it. had an issue with the content. But you know, it's not for everybody. I had an issue you with can the always watch of his something else. Face. I'll be honest with you. Who gives a shit? I insignificance. <laughs> I hope they're watching. That'd be a lovely treat. Anyway, we've got to talk about Nitro from 1996 whilst we ruin the industry. Slightly less snow for Pat Tanaka's opponent, Glacier. How the fuck didn't Midway and Ed Boone just sue them? They should have sued them out the fucking He just arse. walks out and he's sub-zero. Like, it doesn't... It, it, there's no two ways about it. He's just fucking sub-zero. <laughs> like, I did... I... All we needed was Tony Savannah <laughs> go, well, this mortal is about to engage in combat. With a K. <laughs> with a K. With a K. Larry going, <laughs> with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you what made me laugh this week? Is there was slightly less snow for Glacier, but it's because Gene isn't here. You've only got the away team <laughs> you could practicing, and boy, do we miss him! Because <laughs> you had to take tell... the forfeit loss. <laughs> you know how last week <laughs> the snow fell when he was under the blue spotlight. Yes. Did you notice this week the machine was slightly off to the left? Yeah. So the snow just <laughs> went past him. Did you notice that there was no blue spotlight either? <laughs> It was oh, just a ring, just the laser ring. And he's trying his best to bust his moves, bless him. And he's looking good, but you've got to properly like look because it's all that weird blue fuzzy light that you can't quite make out. And there's no spotlight on him. So it's sort of like, is he? Yeah, he's in there. He's in there. God you can sort of see his arms spinning him. past the laser. Anyway, um, he, he, he starts off very strong against Pat Tanaka. Pat Tanaka somehow lands a powerbomb. 
And I love how That's Glacier reacts. the only reacts. bit of offense he fucking gets. I mean, if you didn't get one move in the match, let it be a powerbomb. Yeah, it's like a big sit-out bad boy, isn't it? Big sit-out powerbomb. But the way that Glacier basically no-sells it, mm. it's like he's the T-1000, where, like, he sort of molds his body back upright, like yeah, he's clicking he, all his bones shifts, back into place. He shifts his weight, so it's not like he's doing a kip-up. It's like his own inventive way of getting back up. He doesn't need to use his hands, so his hands are already in striking position, and then he just sort of rolls his legs <laughs> somehow. Amazing. And then all of a sudden, he's just back on his feet. And it is, yeah, it's sort of like watching, like, Robert Patrick get shot with the shotgun, and then all of a sudden, he's just like... <laughs> And he's just there, so back to normal. Good. And then he hit him a roundhouse kick and won. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part so far of the Glacier experience. Among all the other, among the among stay cool. Yeah. Which he said last week at the end of all the fucking exposition. Was the, was the T-1000 cool. click into place and kick. I was going to time it as well, but I didn't. If anybody out there can time it and then drop us an email and let us know. I feel like his entrance and exit were longer than the match. It was. Yeah. It was. I think the match itself was about 45 seconds. Yeah. Uh, the entrance was, I think, at least a minute and a half. Yeah. That's And then, then Pat Berg had quite a long entrance. Pat Berg. Pat Berg. Pat Can't wait till all of the crowds are just chanting that for three straight years. <laughs> I'm buzzing. <laughs> we cut to Matt Gaffari in we the do. crowd. Uh, who... chanting, you suck at him in no time, everybody. <laughs> so uh, he's seven-time US wrestling champion in the Olympics. He was a silver medalist in the Atlanta Summer Games. Mm -hmm. uh, and bless him, they cut to him as he's halfway through eating what looks like a hot dog. <laughs> so he's just like, well, hold up. Hello. <laughs> It's, it's the me. It's the little things that I always think WWF, for all their faults, always get right. When yeah. they cut to people, like it's named, they've got a nice clear shot, they look the part, and they've just cut to hear this this guy who's an Olympic champion. Just fucking mouthful of food. Oh, hello. <laughs> Somewhere nondescript, just waving. God love him. Thanks for coming along. The tag titles are on the line. Yes. It's uh, Harlem Heat versus Public Enemy. The Public Enemy. Uh, Booker and Stevie jump Rocco and Johnny pretty much from the bell. They do, but before we start... Oh, yes. Just a question. Had Russo been there, do you reckon we would have seen a Public Enema stipulation match at any point? <laughs> Only if my gayness was involved. You are, of course. <laughs> but, and if so, what do you think the this, this stipulation... How do you think it would go down? All right. So I think it would have started... There'd have to be a curtain, because it's still the 90s. It would have started you know? with the Nasty Boys calling them the public enema for yeah. a few weeks. And then the public enemy going, we're going to have a public enema match. So it would be... Um, there would be a, a, a see-through pipe yeah. on a pole. Right. Whoever receives retrieves it, yeah. then gets shoved up the pole's <laughs> ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then what are they connected to? Um, <laughs> the other guy's mouth. <laughs> One of the public enemy just runs all the way to concessions and they <laughs> latch it on to Coca-Cola and then he gives a big thumbs up posing with the Coke logo. Yeah, someone comes in. And then just holds the button. <gasps> no, I know. What happens is, what happens is, so yeah, so, <laughs> so public, uh, so the Nasty Boys what are you? Thing. What happens is, right, so Nobs <laughs> shoves it up Rocco's arse. Right. Right, and he's and 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 Nobs is gesturing to the crowd, going, "We're gonna give him an animal!" Why? To which uh, Grunge has attacked Sags, yeah, and then grabs the pipe away so from Rock, boom. puts it up Sags's ass boom. instead. Nobs doesn't realise, <laughs> puts the coke 
pumpkin gives its own tag partner an enema. A couple of Mentos in the coat. <laughs> oh, no. Seal it on. Oh, God, how will he ever recover? Because he didn't turn around and check. <laughs> he just assumed that the scene was exactly as it laid out before, despite the fact that the crowd reaction has changed dramatically. I reckon that could have saved the company. <laughs> We'd have been we'd have been talking about the classic WWF review and how they fucking fell. <laughs> Is that what you pictured this conversation would go like when you brought up public enema? Sorta. Of. Okay. I, I didn't want to really. I just sort of. I thought, why didn't they ever do public enema <laughs> um, as a even like a name that somebody called them? Uh, and I just wanted to see how you'd how you'd go with it. Does, uh, well, I'm quite proud of how I. Yeah. I think you that. nailed it. I think that was exactly yeah, what it should have been. Especially the poll. The poll really added to well, it. Well, you said you mentioned Russo, so obviously Russo was famously the boy who cried poll match. Yeah. So it seemed right to involve a poll. That's true. You know, and a bit of see-through pipe. Uh, so uh, the Heat boys get the heat uh, for most of this. Uh, rock a rock, Johnny Grunge getting beaten up. Uh, picture in picture of the NWO arriving in full force. Yes. There is no doubt some important dialogue here, but as WCW's one to do. The commentators fucking talk all over it. They do, but Big Show is in a fetching waistcoat. Yeah, he was the best dressed. And I feel like had we been able to hear what they were saying, they might have been able to tell us why. But we'll have to wait and find out later why. He is the best dressed out of all the NWO tonight. There is a reason. It's very chaotic already, but it's not even a patch on how chaotic it's about to be. <laughs> mild chaos compared comparatively. The end of this match comes in confusing fashion. Rocco Rock dodges a Harlem hangover. Booker then catches Rocco in a roll-up. Both guys' shoulders end up being down. Nick Patrick counts three. Harlem Heat's music plays. Booker celebrates with the belt. However, Nick Patrick takes the belt away to a big pop from the crowd yep. and says the Rocco shoulders weren't as down as Booker's. Yeah. So, therefore, new champions in the public enemy. But did you notice it was a bit awkward? And I don't know if it was like intentional, but it felt like Stevie pushed, I think, Rocco into the ring. Rocco lands in a pinning predicament on Booker. But Stevie's like turned around and I thought, okay, that's going to be it. But then Nick Patrick's like, your foot's on the rope. And then it kind of yeah. just gets a bit like, what? Hold on. Uh, uh, and double pin. I feel like that bit with Stevie yeah. punching him should have been the finish. Yeah. But because Nick Patrick went your foot's on the rope, I can't count it. They ad-libbed it. Yeah. And they did the, the schoolboy bit, which is, I think if that's the case, that's a class yeah. bit of ad-lib. Yeah. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do a double, a double roll up, and they got around it well. But it, it was a big pop, regardless. Oh yeah, public enemy are the public champs. Public enemy are really popular. At the Harlem Heat don't necessarily lose too much of their Harlem Heat. No, because uh, they go off on Patrick. You know, mm. people know they'll get the belts back before long. Exactly. They're a formidable team. Uh, this is one of the very few occasions where Nitro doesn't begin its second hour mid match. Like there's a nice break, and then mm. the pyro begins. And it's very farty this week, isn't it? Very farty pyro. It's, it's very farty pyro. <laughs> that Eric Bischoff seemed to have swapped out his commentary gear for a tannoy system from Asda initially. Yeah. It did sound very like he was just talking through a tannoy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Nitro. Uh, there is a missing child <laughs> at the desk. Can the person driving the white Ford Escort please uh, make their way to the car park? You are obstructing uh, Disabled Bay. <laughs> It, it did feel that a bit. That should have been how yeah. it started. Uh, Bischoff says the NWO have a surprise tonight. Ooh. We'll find out together what that is. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Is the surprise who's walking down the ramp? God, I wish. The first shot. Initially, right, again, because I'm watching all these nitros. Uh, Sam's seen most of these before. Yes. I've not seen many of these nitros before. So I'm watching this one. Uh, and when the second hour opened with Greg Valentine, my brain went, oh, this is going to be a, it's gonna be one of them, isn't it? All right, well, buckle in. <laughs> I went and made a coffee yeah. before this. Didn't need it. We'll get into that. Greg Valentine heads to the ring. He's facing the marked man for the night, the macho man, Randy Savage. Uh, hammer drops the hammer on Savage early on. Savage retaliates and twats him with a steel chair. It's a DQ. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty well, much all you he, need he to He hits know. him with a chair once and the referee's like, all right, calm down. Yellow card. And then he gets in and hits him with the chair in the ring and the ref's like, well, you've done it in the ring now. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, and then he goes after the ref anyway, as he's wanton to do. Uh, but it, it's... it's um. It, it's why is Macho just DQing himself every fucking match at the minute? He is an arse. He's a winning. wild man. He's Macho man. And Randy also, Savage. do you think the hammer refers to the hammer like elbow drop, or do you think it could also have been a good gimmick if he was like a bit of an aficionado for ham, like exotic hams, like if he like artisanal ham, like he likes a bit of Serrano before he goes out. He's got like a whole <laughs> leg of it. Gets a bit of Serrano, slices it off, and it gets his blood pumping. Hence, hammer. <laughs> Like he he is the hammer. He likes to 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 eat ham. <laughs> he could form a team with Jim Duggaroni Pizza. Yeah, as like they could go into like business together. Supply and demand. Yeah. <laughs> is that the name? He'd also look good in a little butcher's outfit. You can't tell me he wouldn't look good in that He'd little look net adorable. hat. Adorable. He'd look a bit like a school dinner lady, but <laughs> especially with them flowing locks. But like, I reckon if you could repackage him. For a new generation, you'd have to make him a ham aficionado. I'm still thinking about the fact that somebody who is an aficionado and a buyer of ham <laughs> is called a hammer. What, what else would they be called? I don't know, but I never thought of calling him a hammer. <laughs> I'm a professional hammer. <laughs> Can I get you some artisan meats? Yeah. 
I could work. He's just got a, a very, a very temperature-controlled room backstage with various meats hanging. If I collect preserves as well, am I a hammer jammer? Maybe. <laughs> if I do like offcuts of meat, and that'd be Ronnie Garvin's game, wouldn't it? I do. I do tinned meats as well. Can I be a hammer jammer spammer? <laughs> You've gone too far, Tom. <laughs> you've gone I, too far now. Have I ruined, have I shaggy dog storied it again? You, you've gone too far. I always go too far. <laughs> anyway, Greg, the, the fucking hammer. The, the ham man. <laughs> the ham. Big ham. <laughs> Don't talk to me about big ham. They're the ones that control the deli he looks, industry. He looks a bit like ham. He does look a bit like ham. <laughs> I don't know what Alex said now. We that could be the gimmick. Like, it turns out he was ham all along. <laughs> he does a zip on his back. The, just like, a, just there's like a, a moment backstage, like, he finally wins the title or something. And then he goes backstage and it cuts. We get that kind of fade in of, of, the, <laughs> of the, the fucking letterbox in. Fades in. And you see him walk into the locker room and everybody's going like, hammer, hammer. And it's like fading off. And then, like, he closes the door. And then the camera cameraman just kind of quietly opens the door. And inside, there's no Greg Valentine. There's just a big side of ham, the belt, like, leaning on it. And he's, he's, he's achieved his dream. He's, he's transcended his human form. Oh, I see. And now he's, he's gone full ham. Oh, I thought you... <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, that his skin is hung up. No, no, like, no. It, like, he, he's just turned into a whole, like, side of ham. So, so does he just live his life then as that ham, like, a sentient ham? Maybe, like when he's driving from town to town, he's just. How does ham. he drive? <laughs> How does he drive? Don't overthink it. <laughs> Cocktail sticks for arms. <laughs> That's all I needed. Pineapples on the end. So A couple can... of little capers or something, yeah, so you can just grip it. It was the way you went from his sentient hand, and then without thinking, like, so when he drives from town to town. <laughs> Like he, if he's a cheese, when he flies first class, can you imagine? They're just walking around, drinks, sir. Anything to drink, sir. And then they Basing, get to him. And there's just there's just a ham in sunglasses and a wig. Which I can still refresh the pineapple on your head, sir. <laughs> he's coming along with the the glazing brush, just wiping him down. Glaze, sir. Yeah, he's fucking sat on the beach, getting glazed. They've got a heat lamp, just keeping him warm. God, he must fucking stink. <laughs> Sat next. Imagine being sat next to a big piece of ham on a fucking plane. It at least won't have that processed ham fart smell. That's true. Yeah, he'll smell delicious. I'd struggle. If, if anything, was... he he's got to be fighting people all the time because they're going to want to try and eat him. If so that makes him, him the toughest wrestler of all time. Because <laughs> he's just fighting. Yeah. People. Do you think like he's like? Would he be annoyed about the fact that he had limbs and now he's just a ham? No, because he can just use cocktail sticks. He can actually levitate, but he can't really like <laughs> do that in public because then people will ask too much of him. You know. <laughs> I think if you saw a levitating ham, you'd think it had qualities that would help it, like, save the world or something. I think if I saw a levitating ham, I think I'd go, I need to lie down. This is... <laughs> I, th I, don't, I don't think the first thing I think would be, oh, they must save the world with their qualities. <laughs> I don't think, I think that uh, would eventually enter my head. Put a cape on him? <laughs> Just a levitating ham in a cape and that, that lovely hair? Yeah, that's a superhero. <laughs> I mean, you may have written a children's book, though. About Greg's still got to write the Christmas bee. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas bee and the, and the super ham. Yeah, <laughs> what a team! 
Anyway, sadly, the ham cannot overcome the power of the NWO because uh, Nash, Hall, and Six all bomb to the ring and beat up Savage after he's twatted Hammer with a chair. Liz sees this happening and just sort of gingerly runs to the back. She was she, fuck she, she runs it. out to go, oh no, and then goes. Ah! And just runs away. Does she do you think oh, she's you guys to find someone and realizes shit nobody's here? Like, oh fuck, I've just walked through the curtain, bollocks. Um ah. <laughs> uh, Scott Hill Scott Hall hits the edge, uh, outsider's edge, I guess we're calling it. Yeah. Kevin Nash hits the jackknife. The giant appears in a lovely waistcoat and introduces Hollywood Hogan. Hogan sashays to the ring. And then leg drops Savage into oblivion. Yeah, he hits him like three times with it or something. And after that, Nash decides to take out a Slim Jim and just start whipping Hogan with a Slim Jim. Whipping Savage with a Slim Jim. Sorry, whipping... Yeah, sorry, he wasn't whipping... That's what he deserves. <laughs> he whipping Savage with a Slim Jim. Getting all gym. that sponsorship money. How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> Hogan then spray paints Macho Man's bold head, in his words, with black spray paint. Hogan, me thinks you are projecting. Sir. Yeah, Hogan, uh, Hogan gets a lot of shit in about Savage this week. Which a is, lot of shit in. Someone this week has told Hogan that he's balding, so yeah. therefore he's projecting. I'm massively. not bald. Randy Savage is fucking bald. And thing is, right, you could argue, oh, no, this is something he's doing, so then when he gets shaved head, his head shaved bald, then it's a good payback. No, no, no. Hogan's always been notoriously funny about people talking about his hair. Well, it's like right now. I've heard rumors that he's completely bald and the hair is stitched into the bandana. I've heard that for a while. But I need a picture of him bald. I need to see him with absolutely zero curtain going on around the sides. I want to see him bald. I think just accept it and roll with it. He'd never accept it. He's the Hulkster. I know. I want to see him bald. I just wish he'd lean into it more. It was like at least Vince came out publicly with his tash. He did indeed. Right? And then tidied it up a little bit. Yeah, and then dyed his hair like super, super, super jet black. Mm. Which, I mean, sorry, he didn't dye it. It just went back to its normal color. (laughs) Vince has always been that color. What are you talking about? Uh, Nash and Hall <clears> bum rush <throat> the announce table and chase off Bobby Heenan. We never see Heenan again for the rest of the night. He's got a neck injury, don't you know? Yeah, he ain't fucking around. Bischoff suddenly finds himself surrounded by the NWO on the commentary table. And they introduce us to the newest member of the NWO. The security enforcer. Mm. They start shouting, <coughs> Vince! Vincent! It can't possibly be Vince McMahon. Of course it is. It can't possibly be Vince McMahon, surely. <laughs> they do it. They call for Vincent a few times. Nothing happens. And then Kevin Dash realizes something might have He was too up. busy sat outside on the street trying to sell figures. <laughs> <laughs> he loves trying, trying to find Greg Hammer Valentine for a little bit of a nibble. <laughs> but it takes a bit too long. So then Nash starts going... So while we wait for Vincent, uh, what are we... Oh, here he is! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking class. It's only fucking Virgil. That's right. He's here. Mike Jones, Soul Man, Soul Train Jones, a.k.a. Virgil, Vincent Mann's former servant from the World Wrestling Federation. The one that... that, Ted DiBiase's former servant. Ted DiBiase's former servant. Uh, Virgil. Uh, he is the CEO of security. Yes. And he stands menacingly over Bischoff as Bischoff pleads to go for a break. He's, I just want to go for a break. Can I leave, please? I just don't want to... Now, uh, Mike Jones... That's Bischoff for the rest of tonight. <laughs> pretty much. Mike Jones has been famously doing bugger all for several years. Yes. Hasn't been part of the WWF since sort of late 94, early mm-hmm. 95. 
Uh, and uh, and so, of course, when given the opportunity to come in and hang out with his old mates for a stupid amount of money, of course he said yes. Who's going to say no? Who is going to say no? Who's going to say no? Uh, so welcome in, Mike Jones. You are now part of the NWO. I have a feeling this is getting out of hand. <laughs> nah. We're nowhere near capacity yet, mate. But here's a fun fact. So after the break, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall welcome us back to NWO Nitro, as they're calling it. They are slagging off NASCAR and say, hey, we can take over NASCAR as well. To which we hear a car going, vim, 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 vim. And we are treated on the ramp to the new world order NASCAR car. Fucking love it. I love it. Like, I love NASCAR. I never get to watch it very much, but I I, I appreciate the science behind it, <clears throat> behind stock car racing and it all being about the driver's skill. It can be criminally boring to watch because it is just very repetitive, but I appreciate the skill that goes into it, but I mainly appreciate it in the 90s because it was fucking ridiculous. It was ridiculous. You had WWF car in some of the lower leagues. I don't even think it was NASCAR level being driven by Bob Holly. Yes, you did. Like you had, you had all sorts of insane. And Vince sold him that for like a dollar. Mm. Like Vince wanted to give him it, and Bob Holly was like, "I can't just take that. It's like it's worth shitloads of money." And he was like, "Well, you can buy it from me for like a dollar." Like, but you used to have the WWF car. Now you got an NWO car. Like it, it, it was a major deal. I mean, it still is, but it was a really, really big deal in the nineties. I don't know where it ranks now in terms of importance. I know F one's kind of becoming more prominent in the US uh, and Rallycross, but man, it's cool. And it also introduces us to an offshoot member of the NWO, mm-hmm. certainly a member of the NWO uh, periphery, that being NASCAR bad boy Kyle Petty. That's right. So, uh, and he is NASCAR's bad boy. He had long hair and earrings. Very much broke the mold of NASCAR drivers. I bet he's not even read his Bible this week. <laughs> How dare he? As well as breaking the mold, he broke his leg <clears throat> in a crash at the Winston 500 in Talladega in 92. He managed to make a sterling recovery, but never quite got back to the prominence. But this is very much a shot in the arm for him amongst yeah. it. Uh, he spoke to the Two Man Power Trip podcast about joining the NWO. He is essentially a member of the NWO. He said, it came as a great, at a great time for me. At the time, I had the long hair, the earrings. I was off in one direction, while the other racers maybe were a little more mainstream. I was much different from the other drivers at the time. WCW had a car through Turner and Turner affiliates that Elliot Sadler drove. It was also the Cartoon Network car, that WCW, but, it, but was the WCW car a lot of the time. Then the NWO came out, and they were looking for something. They wanted a WCW adversary on the track. And they said, let's get Kyle to drive the NWO car. He's the perfect fit for what we're trying to do. He said, I still had some, I still have some NWO shirts left over from that time period. I wear them out. Every time I do, some will inevitably stop me and say, NWO for life, brother. I'm like, right out there with you, bud. I drove the NWO car on and off for about two years, but I drove the Mellow Yellow and the Hot Wheels car for about seven years, and I'll get more recognition from driving the NWO car than rest than, than anything else. I got noticed more for wrestling than for Coca-Cola and Mattel. That's class. <laughs> so, That's absolutely class. Is, and do you know what? It's oft forgotten in most wrestling lists that Kyle Petty was essentially a member of the NWO. Do you know what I like about NASCARs as well? Mm. They don't have doors or anything like useless. So it's all built to make it as light as possible. Mm-hmm. So like there's lights on the front of the car, but they're just stickers. <laughs> they're not functional lights. They're just stickers. Because if you race at night, there's floodlights. So it's just stickers. I, I only ever saw NASCARs like in person a few times, like whenever I've been to like 
Universal or somewhere like that. They tend to have a few just parked up, uh, like just randomly about the place. But it was weird, man, because it's just like a big remote control car. It's just a big shell that goes over the top of something else. And it was like, wait, the lights aren't real? Nothing. There's no door handles. There's no not. It's all just like sheer metal inside. Like how the fuck? It's a, it's a death trap. But, yeah, but, completely. But that's kind of the point. Makes it faster. Yeah. <laughs> if it's too much. This is all part as well of a bigger plan because we I think we kind of mentioned it in passing over the past few weeks. Yeah. But they really think that NWO is a powerhouse outside of wrestling as well. And they do want to try and push that brand into other sports. Yeah. And the NASCAR thing is a testing of the water of whether or not they can have an NWO presence in another sport. What if they had like an NWO pop star? It'd be more sporting, I think, they'd want to aim for. I mean, I'd love it if they had an NWO They pop had star. their own Cindy Lauper. James Blunt, I think it'd be. <laughs> Could you imagine? James Blunt would be the best, would be great as NWO pop star. Just, he's a heel on Twitter anyway. Yeah. If you don't like him, he's a heel. Fucking lean into it. <laughs> Hollywood Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy that more than like making fucking a rock band NWO. Yeah. James Blunt. Yeah, James Blunt. Everyone, Let's go with Because he's there going, I've got all the fucking money <laughs> from that one fucking song I half wrote. You can all fuck uh, You off. all have to listen to it. Yeah, every time you're on old, you're fucking listening to it, dickheads. Come on. <laughs> he's proper NWO is James Blunt. Yeah. Big fan. From here, we now learn why the Giant is so well-dressed compared to his fellow NWO moment members. Because he's our ring announcer for the rest of the night. Yeah, Penzer's cleared off. Penzer's fucking gone. Like, very, very, uh, very smart move of Penzer. Very smart. get out of there. Get out of there. Now, I know why he is deliberately crap. But, oh, you're about as great. He's the best ring announcer I've ever heard. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, he should be. It really he should, me. he should really leave AEW and go ring announce for TNA. <laughs> I think that would be perfect. <laughs> fuck off. I think that would be, especially on the UK tours. Stop it. In Newcastle. Stop more than it. anywhere. And anywhere near the Midlands. Stop it. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> He Tool, annoyed me. On the point of Birmingham and stuff, Tool are playing Birmingham on my birthday next Ooh. year. On my birthday. Yeah, I'll go so to I need, Birmingham to I need see. To, I need to fucking get tickets because it, it's Tool and I've never seen him, but also it's my birthday. Or as they call them go in Birmingham. Go out of my will. fucking mind and go look at fucking lasers all night. It'll be great. A friend of mine went to go and see Tool in Manchester and ended up seeing them at the tram stop. Weird. I know. And like chatting to them, waiting for the tram out of Manchester. Yeah. Ah, They're good eggs. Nice. Good lads. Yeah. Ten they seem ten. like nice blokes. They seem like good people. Anyway, the giant is a crap announcer, but I think that's the point. Best announcer. I think. He's not. The following contest is against Jim Powers and M. Wall Street. No! Announce them as they walk down! Yeah. Fucking dickhead! He announces the match and then immediately follows it with, brought to you by the NWO every fucking time. I feel like they just said, here's the cards you're announcing now. Yeah. No, no need to prep <clears throat> you. I'm sure you know what an announcer does. They do allude to the fact that he's a bit crap because I think they Bischoff do. at one point is like, where have you had him? At like circus this past week learning how to do this? So. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. They do. They Yeah, they are quite aware that he's a bit crap. Anyway, it's Jim Powers versus Michael Wall Street. Um, do we talk about what Hall was saying about Jim Powers? About to hear. So, uh, so Eric Bischoff, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash are on commentary for the next couple of minutes. Uh, Scott Hall says Powers is all juiced up and ready to go. Yeah, then he alludes to the fact he's been taking his vitamins and saying his prayers, brother. Yeah. He says all the gym, <laughs> gym buddies are happy to have him back in the gym this week for some reason. I think at one point, Scott Hall flicks a pen off Eric Bischoff's head as well. Nice. So you hear like a cling and Bischoff go, oh! <laughs> 
<laughs> like a little bitch. Um, but yeah, so they, they're very much a looter. But then Kevin Nash really just goes, fuck it, I'm going to put Michael Wall Street over. Yeah. Really puts over yeah. Wall Street. He's, like, he's a great competitor. Great guy. Like, <laughs> like good athlete. Really good ring awareness. Like, just openly talking about how much he likes him. And just as the match gets started, they both go, oh, hang on, I want to go and have a closer look at this to take the headphones off. They both walk down the ring, beat the fuck out of Jim <laughs> Literally. And then referee clears out, like, I'm not getting involved with this shit. The best part of this is the referee's ultimate act of defiance. He goes, I want no part in this. Takes I'm off his taking off my bow tie. Takes off I his... work for WCW. <laughs> <laughs> the removal of the dicky bow. At least it's a real dicky bow. And not one of the clippy ones. That's true. I'd have, I would have been funny if he just went, click, drop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the, so basically, Powers gets battered. Wall Street's gone. Yeah. Giants back in the ring. The following contest is brought to you by the New World Order. And it's Jim Powers against the master of disaster, too tall to take a fall, the Giants. Yay. And then he just levels him even more. He just turns him into fucking paste. Nick Patrick has now entered the ring to officiate the rest of the Yeah, because he's got balls, Mm. apparently. Funny spot where the giant goes to chokeslam Powers, but Jim Powers mistakes it for a clothesline. So as he gets grabbed by the throat, he just hits the neck. (laughs) And giant has to bend down and pick him up and go, no, dickhead, chokeslam. (laughs) Get up there. Get up there, lad. Holds him up there for about an hour. Uh, as he's holding him up there for the choke slam, picture in picture, Hulk Hogan walking down the corridor going, Hooray for Hollywood! Hollywood. Spray, Spray painting, painting NWO. NWO on all the walls. And then he so, gets to uh, he gets to uh, a certain door, though, doesn't he? And then as he does, Giant pins Jim Powers. One, two, three. Giant yeah. wins. In case you're bothered about anything happening in the fucking ring, WCW certainly By the way, aren't. trash is just raining down now on oh, the yeah, ring. Everyone's like, it's been shite. raining down for a while. The door opens that Hogan is knocking on, and it's the fucking Nasty Boys. And they're like, wait, Hogster, you're our best buddy, pal. Oh, my God. How you doing, pal? Well, yeah, buddy. Ooh. Hogan, to be fair, is, is, is the more arse-kissy because yeah. he congratulates Nobs on his sister's wedding. Yes. Uh, and then he wants to talk business with them and says, you, you guys have never talked behind my back. You know, you, you've, you've kept yourselves to yourselves. You've never talked behind my back and we appreciate you. Here's the key to my suite. Go pop the champagne. Do whatever you want in my hotel room. And we'll talk business. This is a license to literally do anything you want and blame it on the Hulkster. Basically what they did. Yeah. And then Hogan goes, yeah, I'll take the belt with you. Gives Nobs the WCW world title, which I think classes as a title, right? And I... A commentary over the next six weeks, I guarantee you're going to be going, oh, they allied with NWO? <laughs> Are they? Oh, my God, they could be. I honestly thought we'd cut back and then we'd have them get beaten up this week. But maybe yeah. we're saving that bit of business for later on. Hooray yeah. for Hollywood. And he's just wandering around spray painting. He's, <laughs> he's having a great night. We come back from the break. The NWO is once again swarming Bischoff. Hogan is wearing Macho Man's hat. Scott Hall is eating a Slim Jim. Yeah. Giant does another bit of shit ring announcing as he announces uh, the match between Big John Studd. I've put the giant here, but it's, it's Jim Duggan in it. It's Ron boy. Studd, not Big, Big John Studd. Ron Studd and Jim Duggaroni Pizza. Jim Duggaroni Pizza. Is underway next. The following contest is Big Ron Studd versus Jim Duggan. Brought to you by the NWO. I fucking hate it. 
That's the point. Uh, as Stud comes to the ring, Hogan approaches him, and he kind of looks as if like they're trying to get him on side, and they just kick the shit out of him. Yeah, they just beat the fuck out of him, and then it's like, oh, well, replacing Ron Stud in making his debut at six, everybody. Yeah. And then Nash quickly runs up and out of the way. Because uh, Nash is on the rap. So he quickly runs through. And then it's like, where is he? As the cameras linger and they will cut back to the wide. And he's already in the ring. It's like, there he is. <laughs> Fucking a- hell. <laughs> this is like when, like, your your ten year old brother just starts playing GTA, yeah, and it's just fucking. Garbage. The thing is, then nailing the show going off the rails aspect of it. It feels really like absolutely are. everything's falling apart. Like production don't seem to know where anything's going. You don't really know what you're going to get in the ring. Everything's feeling like it's starting to just go fucking crazy. Mm. Uh, so, like, massive props to them on this side of the production this week because they really nail the show going off the rails feel. I mean, the crowd itself must be quite livid. <laughs> about what, they're, what yeah. they've paid to come and see. But at the same time, it's, an, it's a good episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end, I do believe. Uh, Hogan and Nash beat him up, and, and then they introduce Six. Scott Hall starts playing the New World Order theme, yeah. to which he says, the soundtrack to your favorite adult movie, uh, Ass Masters 9. Nice! If you, if you know the answer to that, and you know I've made that up, then dirty. <laughs> Filthy. Um, Jim Duggan in six gets underway. Duggan starts swinging the two by four like a madman. He yeah, knows, six like, gets is... the hell out of there. Ref gets the hell out of there. And it's a bit like, what the fuck? <laughs> Hogan's back on commentary. <laughs> he says, WCW is about to die. Matamaz the only guy who stuck around to watch it die. Uh, Duggan puts a shoe in into six. He lands a three point clothesline, but then the giant pulls Duggan out of the ring. Yeah, because Duggan, Duggan's got Six's number. Duggan really is has. really, really laying it in. It seems like he is going to get a quick, decisive victory, and so Giant has to put a stop to that. And he does with what would, in normal circumstances, be the Giant chokeslam. But tonight is, let's put the little baby to bed. <laughs> because it is the softest chokeslam I think I've... I don't think that chokeslam would shatter glass. Taker Hogan's probably the, the softest chokeslam of all time. That's fair. Okay, Because Hogan though. doesn't even move. It's just sort of like... <laughs> <laughs> but but there's a, there's yeah, more go, there's more impact with that one than there is with this one. I genuinely yeah. think you could have laid Jim Duggan on five wine glasses and it, <laughs> they wouldn't have smashed because they would have all resonated beautifully. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this soft sleepy movement is just enough to have six pick up the three count. Another win for the New World Order. Hogan tells Bischoff on commentary that the NWO want it all. They want to take over WCW. And Eric is told by Ted DiBiase, you, if you can't lick them, join them. Mm, and then Hogan even appeals to Bischoff here to side with them. Yes, they're trying to get Eric over mm. to their side of thinking here, which is a, a bit of foreshadowing. After the break... He's like, look, if you can get me on a bike that descends from the ceiling, we got a deal. <laughs> We got a fucking deal. Funny you say that, brother, brother. <laughs> After the break, they play Sting's music, which gets a big pop from the crowd. Yeah. They're desperate for something. <laughs> and then, fuck you, it's NWO Sting. Build as NWO Sting on the on the, the Chiron as well. Yes. Uh, he's facing Bo Ledoux. Yes. A job guy who NWO have brought in, which, mm. which, is, which is mentioned on commentary. Bischoff says, you guys brought this guy with you tonight yeah, to fight Sting. Nash is like, who, who, who's, he, who's he facing off against? And like, they're all kind of poking fun a bit. Hogan and DBRC put themselves over as fake Sting lands, a fake Stinger splash, and a fake Scorpion Deathlock for the submission but win. What a look Bo Ledoux has. 
I like him. Like, he, he, like Otis, get him he? in there with Norton and Ice Train. Man, I want to see him slapping fucking meat. It's like a fucking bollard. Just, yeah. Like, imagine trying to, like, just crossbody him. You'd just, you'd eat shit. You'd eat absolute shit. He's thick. Yeah. He's thick boy. We're like seven C's. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, the oil? Yeah. You have your boy. <laughs> uh, the crowd are chanting, We want Sting all the way. I couldn't agree more. It would be nice to have but somebody. They got him. He's just come out and won for them. What are you on about? The other sting. The fake, no, they, the fake, fake Most sting. of them are too far away and thought it was the real sting anyway. <laughs> it's fine. He sat in the cheap seat. You had a great he hit night. the two moves, you know. <laughs> did everything you need to do. <laughs> uh, we get next high voltage versus the amazing French Canadians. Yeah, as this is sort of starting to roll out, Hogan is pondering Liz and Macho, uh, and he's sort of pondering what's going to happen in Las Vegas at Caesar's Palace when, mm. he, when he beats Macho to a pulp. What's Liz going to do then? He's kind of, yeah, he's like, oh, and this is here where they show the replay of Liz walking to the back. Yeah, I think so. And like Hogan's like, oh, I know what she wants to do. Perv. Ted DiBiase announces this as the first match in the NWO Tag Team Title Tournament. Nice. Uh, we discussed last week, the Observer has said the idea of NWO Tag Titles was dropped almost immediately yeah. uh, in favor of just having the Outsiders win the WCW Tag Titles. The instead. more I think about it, the more I, I really enjoy the idea of them just bringing their own belts in. Yeah. And just go and wear the champions. And what? Yeah, what are you going to do about it? And then the crowd are going to cheer for them more and just kind of undermine the WCW belts massively. <laughs> but then there's something about, like, with the WCW world title, like, them taking it hostage. Yeah, that's the only one that they've taken hostage. Yeah, and, like, yeah. You, like, and branding it as such, which I always like. God bless High Voltage. They're ready to rally against the NWO. They are. They're coming down the ramp being all like, we're a WCW team, guys. We don't like the NWO at all, guys. <laughs> we're high voltage, guys. <laughs> Hi, guys. We're the best ones. They're facing uh, the, hot, the hot combo of the Mountie and PCO. The, the amazing, amazing French Canadians. Uh, people pay respect for the Canadian anthem. No, they don't. They cheer. They sing it out of tune. Nash and Hall have enough of this. Even the NWO are like, you fucking lads yeah. are dead. They head down to the ramp in full gear, ready to go. Giant calls them the dynamic duo, the master of disaster, Hall and Nash. So they're one one person. They are. It's Hall and Nash. They are the Hall master of disaster, Hall and Nash, yeah. together. Right, not the master. Two bodies, one mind. <laughs> controlled Two secretly. Hearts living in just one mind. Secretly controlled by the hammer. This ex <laughs> using his psychotic powers. Psychotic, psychic powers. He's got ESP. He's got telekinesis. He's got all these skills. And he's just, he's, just, he's just using it to control these two. He is the one mind. It's not telekinesis. <laughs> what is it? Telekinesis. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's a perfect feud. What if you had somebody with a slicer? What if somebody was just get billed as the slicer? And their finishes just sort of like this. And he's got to avoid it. Because like he's moving towards his, it. No, his, his projected human form that everybody can see but isn't really there, right? Because it, it's like an illusion. If, if even part of that gets gets hit with the slice, then he just turns into a ham and it exposes him in front of everybody. Oh shit! And he loses his power to fly, so he just flops to the canvas <laughs> as like a big bit of ham. I thought he might become lots of mini Greg Valentines. You could, oh, that could be an interesting. And they become route as a well. stable. Maybe that's what happens after they discard the ham. They throw it in a bin. Then Jim Duggan finds it and he's like, "Hammer, 
Hammer, what's going on? And he like lays him out <laughs> to dry because they, they threw a, a drink in afterwards or something. So he lays it out to dry, and as it dries, it turns into mini hammers. He nurtures them to help. <laughs> Or he just sticks them on his pizzas and eats him. <laughs> no, 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 this is how it ends, because he nurtures them back to health, and one day he comes home and he's like, Oh, wife, it's me. He goes, Oh, honey, I made you a pizza with that ham you left in the bathroom. <laughs> no! no! Greg! 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 Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the NWO. It's all about the hammer this week. <laughs> Well, the NWO. Just the thought of him riding a Harley. Just this ham on a Harley. Just Hamlet. Controlling the bars with his mind. Just sunglasses. <laughs> that hair flowing in the breeze. Biker ham. <laughs> the amazing French Canadians say sod this and leave. Bischoff tries to leave, but the NWO will let him go. On commentary, Hogan says, I actually respect Macho Man for cancelling his Japan contract to get beaten up tonight. Very good of him. He then decides, I'm just going to fucking go for Mike Tyson. Yeah. Just starts calling <laughs> Mike Tyson a sissy, promising to suplex him off the top rope. <laughs> for some reason, Hogan's just decided he wants to fight with Mike Tyson. Which he'd win. I mean, you know? yeah, either way. It's a backdrop to what is a really dull match as Nash and Hall very slowly, very painfully beat up high voltage. Yeah, they've got this one one within about 15 seconds of it starting, but they mm. just continue to beat them down. They refuse to pin them. They're just sort of continuing the onslaught over and over again. And high voltage, they're just so peppy, bless them. And they're so full of fight. They keep getting up and it's it's like, just just lie down. The pepper like, They're just going to destroy out. you. And they do. They get power bombed, and then then both Hall and Nash put a foot on. I think it's Robbie Rage, and that is that. Yeah. Back to the commentary desk. The NWO celebrates around the commentary table as they replay Macho getting beaten up. Hogan invites the NWO to come and sit in on his new movie, The Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Which is a hell of a terrible film. Uh, but why is Scott Hall still doing the Chico shtick? He's not allowed, is he? I don't think he is, and he's been doing it all episode. I wonder whether it's just muscle memory and he just keeps forgetting. Maybe. But yeah, you see a little bit of that still going on here at the end. And then there's a massive revelation to send us off the well, air. Well, yeah, because speaking of forgotten shtick, yeah. Scott Hall asks the giant if Andre is really his dad, to which the giant says, like, he doesn't deny it. It's he just kind of like, why'd you have to go there, man? And then he sort of mouths, nah, he's not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> NWO then sign off saying, what are you going to do when the Pythons, the NWO, run wild on you? Goodbye. I'm going to put Wait. my faith in the hammer is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I reckon the hammer is the only guy here. As soon as he gets nurtured back to health by Jim Duggaroni Pizza, they're all fucking done for. Um, <laughs> Just a ham in a cast. <laughs> <laughs> like Voldemort. Yeah. Like a ba- ham bassinet. <laughs> We've got to hang him up in a shop window so he can absorb the sunlight. <laughs> he oh. sees children playing. <laughs> I want to play with them, Father. You can't. You're a ham. But, Father, they're having so much fun. They won't understand. <laughs> Stay here with you're your You're not father. like normal people, you're Greg. Not like, Greg, you're not like normal kids. You're a ham in a window. <laughs> with psychic powers, Greg. <laughs> Surely not, you can read my mind. You not, see my worries. <laughs> read his dad's mind. He's just thinking of porn. <laughs> Ass blasters, no. <laughs> Wabada, hey, hey. <laughs> I thought the first eight were better. 
Like the Police Academy films. Uh, so, <laughs> an interesting episode of Nitro. Yeah. Hammerside. As a TV viewer, right. like, as you absolutely nailed on the head, they got the sense of going off the rails, oh, yeah. fucking bob on. As an audience in the venue, that's got to have sucked. Yeah. Because... On pending, like there was a there was a dark match earlier in the night because we hear that um, what do you call him? Ray Mysterio. No, um, cap and sunglasses. Why well, I'm getting his name? Super Calo dislocated his uh, elbow, I believe. Yes. Eric gives us an update on that and says he's gone to the hospital. So they got a match beforehand, maybe a couple, maybe there'd be one after. They got Ray and Super Calo, and apparently that was the best match of the night. But which isn't like this low, you're kind low of, average there. You're kind of a prop because they need you to react the way that you're reacting, but the problem is you actually feel that way. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who get it and who are still gonna tune in. But I feel like <sighs> over time this sort of thing comes back to bite them a bit because this surely comes a point where you're watching this on TV and it's like, okay, it's great to watch on TV, but I'm not gonna pay for a ticket and go along and waste money to just sort of see like four matches, two of which aren't on TV. Here's the thing though, because it was obviously designed for a TV audience. Yeah. TV audience weren't massively into it either. Really? So the Observer says the NWO segment, despite it being entertaining to many, was a mm. ratings turnoff. When they did the takeover, Nitro had risen to a 4.1. Yeah. The following quarters went from 4.1 to 3.7. And to 3.1, slightly up 3.2. But compared to what they've been doing, it's a huge drop. The second straight huge drop when WCW did an NWO angle in the second hour. And those viewers that left for the most part didn't go back to Raw. They just stopped watching wrestling. So they, you put it on, you went, okay, this is a bit long in the tooth. What else oh, is on? Nash Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so they, they, they just didn't, they didn't go back and forth, they didn't flip between the two. Nitro still beat Raw in the ratings, but the fans just didn't go to watch wrestling. They just went and watched something else. It was an exciting episode for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think liked I, it was a bit Carnage. all over the place, but it, it's sort of, it's going to get a lot more crazy yet. So it, yes. it's sort of, this is a taste of things to come. I don't think it ever gets this disorganized again. Maybe it does once or twice, but I don't think it ever gets this off the rails, but you're very much getting a, a taste of what is coming down the line. Mm -hmm. And we will continue to taste what comes down the line. It might be ham next week <laughs> on the Cold Holic Classic Nitro Review. Uh, How does he do the figure four? Oh. It's just such a, it's such a mystery within a mystery. Does he have little well, cocktail sticks again? How is he imbued with the strength? It's like, have you ever seen the film Rubber about the sentient tire? <laughs> no. Is it like that one day he's just in a shop window and there's wrestling on? <laughs> there's some like old school MSG wrestling on back in like the 60s. And the ham just sort of slowly starts turning toward it and it becomes aware and it absorbs all of the knowledge. So, And then it becomes sentient. <laughs> it feels so punished that it develops these psychic powers. It frees itself from the shop window, bursting through the glass. So, so Greg Valentine started life as Ham. Yeah, but then his psychic abilities allowed him to build a body around himself that is an illusion. You touch it and it feels real. He saw Ric Flair in a circus mirror and went, I want to be that. Yeah, you pull a knife on him and you try and slice him, then he'll just turn back into a ham. And he loses his powers. <laughs> so the territory days must have been a nightmare for him. <laughs> Especially after he broke Wahoo's leg. <laughs> Share your thoughts on the hammer. <laughs>
ClassicAcultOlic.com. He's at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm Ham Tom Campbell on Twitter together. All right, Gold Olic, don't forget to <laughs> Three Ninjas Kick Back Magic Mountain, whatever the fuck, Mr. Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.